Welcome to Excess Returns, where we focus on what works over the long term in the markets. Join us as we talk about the strategies and tactics that can help you become a better long-term investor. Justin Carboneau and Jack Forehand are principals at Validia Capital Management. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Validia Capital. No information on this podcast should be construed as investment advice. Securities discussed in the podcast may be holdings of clients of Validia Capital. Hi guys, this is Justin. In this episode of Excess Returns, Jack and I discuss the idea behind factor timing, which involves trying to time over and under weighting various factors, such as value and momentum, in order to try and achieve superior results over time. As we discuss, factor timing is difficult and shouldn't be tried by most investors, but if you're going to try to time factors, we have some ideas that you may want to consider. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right, today we're going to um, tackle this issue of factor timing. Factor timing is uh, probably a debate that's been going on for decades now, um, and it basically involves the idea of trying to you know, move into or time your allocation into certain factors, things like value or momentum stocks, to try to you know, generate better expected future returns um, by moving into that area of the market or those particular areas of the market um, that exhibit certain qualities or characteristics. And so it's, it's this idea of factor timing and it, and it happens probably at a lot of different levels. Um, but you know, your article that you wrote factor timing sin, a li- sin less than a little, I thought was a good sort of um, approach to sort of look at like factor timing, what it is, what can go wrong and the different views on it. So maybe to start, you just want to, you know, talk about sort of the the, the genesis of the article and, and what you were really trying to get at there. And then we can dive into some of the specifics. Yeah, you know, factor timing is one of the most interesting topics, I think, in, in quantitative investing, because it, it's easy to think that, well, if, you know, you see these factors have huge periods where they're in and out of favor, you know, we're, we're going through that with value right now. And there's, it's, it's very tempting to say, well, you know, can I avoid owning the factors that are out of favor or can I get into the best factors? You know, can I do something to rotate among these factors so that I own the be- the factors that will be the best going forward and I don't own the factors that will be the worst going forward? And so w- it's a very interesting topic to me. And so I wanted to write about it. But the as you said in the title, the conclusion ends up being factor timing is anywhere from very difficult to not possible, some, somewhere in that range depending on who, how you look at it and which firm's research you're using. But it, it's a very, very difficult thing to do. It, it's very, very difficult just assuming you can stick with the, the strategy. It's difficult, but it's also an emotional problem as well because of these periods where you're going to be wrong. So it's an interesting topic, but I think it's, it, it's a very difficult thing to do successfully in the real world. Do you think with there's different time periods you're thinking about? Like I'm trying to think about value right now. Like value has been so out of favor a lot of people are saying that, you know, value is the place, if you look at like, you know, small cap value versus large large cap growth, which effectively small cap value is a play on, you know, the factors that have worked over time, um, if you were to allocate to that. So, but, and, you know, there's a lot of research, especially lately, that's been going around showing that, you know, now looks like a great time to be allocating to small cap value. Now, these guys aren't saying that the turn is coming in the next month, the next three months or even the next year, but that at least historically, you know, the returns for small cap value as a sort of style and size area of the market has been extremely 
strong and and good from periods similar to this. But they're not, you know, what they're not saying is it's going to turn in the next month. But they are sort of implying that, you know, looking out over the next few years, like small cap value is going to be a place to be. So with factor timing, I mean, is your sense that there's different, you can't factor time in the short term, but maybe you can lean into it over the long term, or do you not agree with that really either? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I actually think factor timing can work. I, I'm a believer in it. I just think it's, there's a lot of logistical issues in the real world that make it difficult. But, you know, also depending on how you frame it, people look at it a little differently. So if I say to you, all right, small cap value is out of favor, I want to buy something that's out of favor, a lot of people will support that. And, and a lot of people even, you know, we're on Twitter a lot, a lot of people on Twitter who will say you can't do factor timing will say right now, you know, you should be going into small cap value. So it really depends on how you look at it. But yeah, I absolutely think, and, and I especially, I actually absolutely think you can go into a factor like this when it's out of favor, assuming you have the patience to stick with it for a very long period of time and you can enhance your returns. But that, that patience to stick with it is the really important component here because small cap value was cheap a year ago. Small cap value was cheap going into the beginning of this year and small cap value has been destroyed this year. And so you have to be able to have a very long-term time horizon and you have to understand that you're probably going to be very early into the factor when you try to time it. And so, yeah, no, I absolutely believe when something that's worked over the long term has not worked and is at an extreme level, you know, in the short term, I think you can take advantage of that. But there are a lot of logistical things that make that difficult to do. And, and you're seeing that right now with small cap value because a lot of people have been very positive on small cap value, myself included, for a long time. And right now we've seen none of the results of that. We probably eventually will see the results. But for, for an average investor to sit here and take the beating they're taking right now in small cap value in order to see those long-term results, that's really, really difficult to do. So let's try to work through some of the implementation issues and the things that, and you mentioned some of these already, but the things that an investor should consider when trying to implement a factor timing approach, you know, we're not advocating most people should do that, but these are some of the main, I guess, areas or, uh, you know, things that investors need to really think about if they're going to try to factor time. So the first one is you will be early and your emotions will likely get the best of you. I think you have kind of addressed some of that, but um, you know, what were you really trying to get at there? If you want to shake that out. Yeah, you know, you can't, you can't exactly time factors. And if you're, you're, you're generally saying, no matter which method you're using to time factors, you're generally saying, all right, I think this factor is favorable going forward, but you're never going to get the timing of that correct. And so, especially if you're using something like value, you tend to be adding exposure to the factor while the factor is still performing poorly. And you benefit from that in the long term but you have to be able to get to the long term to benefit from it. And that, that can be the problem for many people. And just like we talked about with value right now, that's what's going on is if, if you've been rotating into value, it's been hurt every time you've rotated more and more into value, it's hurt you more and more. And they're probably, you know, with a factor like value, a lot of the, of the positive, you know, excess return can come in a really short period of time. So there probably will be a point where you get a, a huge excess return in value and you benefit from what you've done, but you had to pay a huge emotional price to get there. And, you know, that is very difficult to do for many investors is to sit here and be wrong and wrong and wrong. And then eventually you're right in a big way. And so that, that's why I was saying it's, you know, your emotions will likely get the best of you. It'll be, it, most investors probably will never get to the point where they see the benefits. Yeah. In an article I wrote last week, you know, I looked at the returns of basically the QQQ ETF, which is the NASDAQ 100 versus um, I think it was the Russell 2000 small cap value since the beginning of 09. And it's something like 
the QQQs are up over 600% and small cap values up like 90% roughly. So, you know, dealing with that type of underperformance over such a long period of time, if you're a believer in small cap value or if you've tried to time any of that in terms of moving in has just been sort of a train wreck. So, um, yeah, I think and that value wasn't cheap that whole period, but value was cheap coming into this year. It was really cheap. You know, Cliff Asnes had written his article where he said, you know, it might be time for a slight, you know, sin into value. And value just gotten destroyed. So it went from really cheap historically to maybe the cheapest it's ever been historically. And so that that's the difficulty of it is you, you, those signs that if you're using value, you know, if you're timing value based on the spreads relative to growth, the signs that you want to be in value were there a long time ago and the performance hasn't come. And, and that can be very difficult for many people. Speaking of Asnes, that's your second point um, from his paper where he was really talking about market timing here, but he was saying, you know, with market timing, you know, you can kind of sin a little maybe. Um, and, you know, your next implementation uh, thing with factor timing was, you know, to sin less than a little with, you know, trying to time factor. So um, what were you sort of trying to get at there? I was trying to get at the fact that factor timing is even harder than market timing. And so most people assume market timing is very difficult. And so I think that's a good way to place factor timing on the spectrum is to say market timing is very difficult, factor timing is even harder. But the other part about less than a little is referring to something that works in pretty much every area of investing, which is you don't want to make binary in and out decisions. If you're going to rotate towards a factor, you want to do it slowly, you want to do it methodically, you probably want to have bands in terms of like a maximum exposure I would get to this factor. You want to do things like that because as we said before, the factor is going to probably be identified as favorable by your system long before it actually works. And so if, if you make this all-in binary move, it's going to be much more difficult emotionally to stick with it. And so that, that's what I was getting at is you want to make these small measured moves probably versus like this all-in, all-out approach that all of us tend to want to have. Obviously, we run a lot of quantitative strategies here, not only on the stock selection side, but with our ETF models that we run. And everything is basically built on systematic mechanical mechanical rules-based methodologies um, that either pick stocks and or pick ETFs and rebalance portfolios and build portfolios basically. And so your next point was about, you know, if you're going to do this at all, you want to make sure that you have a system behind it. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I don't think you want to just be looking at the market and, you know, making a decision yourself as to, all right, I think value is cheap or I think value, you know, should be invested on in basis on its momentum or anything like that. I think you want to have a systematic process to determine how are you making this decision to add exposure or to reduce exposure to a particular factor. And this is probably a good time to talk about all the different ways that people try to time factors. You know, we've talked about value a lot, which is basically when that factor, when the, you know, that factor is inexpensive relative to its history, um, or when the spreads between the most expensive, you know, with value, for instance, when the spreads between the cheapest stocks and the most expensive stocks are very wide relative to history, that might be a good time to invest in that factor based on value. Then you can have stuff like momentum. Um, and momentum is basically the factors that have been doing well in the short to intermediate term may continue doing well. And so if, if I'm using a momentum approach, I want to continue, I want to invest in things that have been doing well recently. And you know that can have a little bit more turnover, but there is some there is some evidence to suggest that works. 
Another approach is macroeconomics. So you may want to see what type of macroeconomic environment are we in? Are we in a, pl a place where the economy is growing rapidly? Are we in a place where there's inflation? Are we in a recession? And certain factors may or may not work better in those types of environments. So for instance, if I think the economy is growing very rapidly, I might want to use momentum. If I think we're in a recessionary period, I might want to use low volatility. So that's another way people do it. And then the, the fourth way is dispersion, which is the best stocks is basically the spread between the best stocks using the factor and the worst stocks. So using an example of something like profitability, I might want to invest more in profitability when the difference between the most profitable stocks and the least profitable stocks is the greatest. Um, I think that one has probably the most, the least evidence to support it, but those are sort of the four main ways you can, you can time factors. And we've talked a lot about value in this podcast, but a lot of the other ones also have some validity behind them. Do you have any idea or thoughts as to how an investor might sort of back into if they're going to, you know, factor time, what one, is it what makes the most sense to them? Is it what they understand? Um, you know, just trying to get an understanding of if they're going to consider that, how might they try to determine which of those types of factor timing methods is best for them? Yeah, you know, it's it's like everything in investing, something you believe in is going to do better. You're going to do better with something you believe in than something you don't believe in because when when the tough times come, you're going to believe in the process behind what you're doing. I, I tend to like using value to time factors if, if I'm going to do it because I, I like the whole concept that everybody's been talking about on Twitter right now, which is when small cap value is really out of favor, I tend to want to add exposure to it, knowing that over the long term, that'll probably work for me. You know, knowing when those spreads and the spreads between value and growth are really, really wide. If historically I've invested that way, I've done pretty well. So I tend to like value, but an, another way to do it is also maybe to use the composite of all the different things and say, all right, I'm going right. to use value to some extent. I'm going to use momentum to some extent. You know, I, I may use some macroeconomic factors to some extent. But all of this is really, really difficult. And so I, I think that that's the main takeaway is that the the value that these factor timing approaches adds is is very limited and is very questionable. It, it's it's hard to say whether there is when you can after you consider transaction costs and the emotional problems of sticking with it when it's not working. It's hard to say whether these these strategies actually add value over time. Yeah. And I mean, I think as your article pointed out, I mean, you have two of the smartest guys in the business, Cliff Asnes and Rob Arnott from Research Affiliates, I mean, you know, in disagreement on whether or not, you know, factor timing can work or whether or not investors should, you know, try to implement it in their own strategy. So, you know, when you have guys like that that are sort of in disagreement with each other, it just goes to show how much of a um, difficult thing and, you know, unknown thing I think it, it actually is. Um, so I guess... You know, in, in the end, um, you know, factor timing is extremely difficult. If you're going to factor time, you want to make sure that you have sort of a systematic way to do it. Um, and maybe you don't want to go all in on, you know, one particular factor or another. Using things like a composite is important because it will help diversify you um, across different ways or methods to factor time. And, you know, those are the things that I think that are important for investors to think about and consider when, you know, thinking about factor timing and actually doing it within their own portfolio. Yeah, you know, I think the takeaway is that factor timing is really difficult and that most people should not attempt it. Um, you know, I mean, we, we are pretty big believers that most people shouldn't even attempt active strategies. You know, most people should probably index because active strategies can be so hard to stick with. But this is even sort of a level beyond that. And, you know, I, I just think mo for most people, 
the emotional toll this will take when you're wrong. You'll probably make wrong, incorrect decisions at that time. And it's it's probably not worth the value add because the value add is, is somewhat questionable. Although I'm a believer, you can time factors. It's very difficult to do. And so I think for most people, this is probably not a strategy they should be employing. There you go. Okay. All right. So thank you guys for joining us today. Um, we appreciate you watching and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Hi guys, this is Justin again. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Excess Returns. You can follow Jack on Twitter at, at @practicalquant and follow me on Twitter at, at @jjcarbonell. If you found this discussion interesting and valuable, please subscribe in either iTunes or on YouTube or leave a review or a comment. We appreciate it.